real Christianity is what authentic Christianity is. And everybody has opinions. Everybody has lists. This is what a Christian is, and so you need to toe the line. Sometimes the world tells us that this is what you need to do and be. And Have you ever seen a political season as crazy as this one? <laughs> I, and you know what? I just, for me, I just think it's awesome. <laughs> just, I love it. It's fascinating. But what I get a kick out of, too, is, is um, there are even preachers telling us who we should or shouldn't vote for. Um, and I'm not going to make any more comment, but, but it's, it's people saying, giving us lists of what a real Christian is. And so I want to talk about what real Christianity is, okay? What's the bottom line? Because we hear all these other things, and you know, sometimes... Voices can be persuasive and sway us, or they can be condemning, or they can be like, you know, after a while you want to pull your hair out, because there's people on either side, and it's all around. It's like, okay, where's God in all this? But I'm not going to cut through that. What's real Christianity? So here's my thing. I don't want to spend my time doing something that doesn't mean anything. I don't... I don't want to bake God apple pies all my life because somebody told me years ago he likes apple pies and I get to heaven and find out he really likes pumpkin pie. You understand what I'm saying? So I want to make sure that what I'm doing really counts and so that, so that I'm really at, at a basic core level I'm doing. So anyway, uh, we're all born into the kingdom the same way, spiritual birth. It's just like physical birth. Welcome to Caleb Stewart. Awesome little baby. Congratulations to Justin and Natalie. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, God is so good. God, yeah. God is so good. Um, but you know, everybody, everybody in every station of life, in every country, whatever, birth is basically the same thing. You know, we all go through that. Little baby comes out looking a mess, but beautiful, right? It's just like, oh, my goodness. Uh, but everybody's born the same way. I mean, I know there's cesarean and natural, and there's differences that way. But really, everybody's born basically the same way. And it's the same in spiritually. We're all born again. It doesn't matter how high or low you are in class or whatever or where, what country you're from. You're born the same way into God's kingdom. It's... Um, by faith, and we all know that we all have moral guilt before God, we, have, we are morally guilty, we are born in sin, we are born sinners, and so we sin because we have a sin nature, and we need to deal with that, and that's why Jesus came, substitu substitutionary atonement, and we understand that what accomplishes our salvation is the work of Jesus on the cross, but the instrument that we use to access that is faith. Okay? And so I emphasize over and over again that it's faith plus nothing. Faith in Jesus plus nothing. We don't add anything to it. It's, it's just receiving Jesus. So anyway, after we're born again, we become this new creature in Christ. What's next? Well, that's when a lot of times at various churches, various places, you'll get your lists of things that you're supposed to do. 
or things you're supposed to be or ways you're supposed to think and all that. So what do you do with that? Um, some people, the easiest thing in the world is to have an external list and follow it. Okay, That's easy to do. Really, it is easy to do. Um, just say, if you do these things, then you'll be accepted in our fellowship or in our group or in our club. Then there's other people as Christians say, you know what? There needs to be no lists. There's freedom in Christ, and we shouldn't have lists. We shouldn't have these do's and don'ts, and these are the negatives, and these are the positives. It just should be freedom in Christ so we can follow the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that's just a, a, a license to do what they want. So the question is, where's God in all this? What, what does he want for us? What? So this is what you end up with, and this is where it's cool. If you, if you decide, and so let's just get rid of lists for a while. If we get rid of man-made lists of what it means to be a Christian, you know what we're ended up with? You know what we end up with? is the commandments of God, the Ten Commandments, and the other commands of God. We come face-to-face with those. They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God with all your heart and love your neighbors yourself. So the basis of real Christianity is a new law that we have. It's the law of love, right? Okay, it's the law of love. So the question is, how good are we at that? She talked about commandments in the book of Nehemiah. They're confessing their sin because they failed in obeying the commandments. <laughs> oh, I love that. Obviously, God has something for us in all of this. So um, how, do we test, how do we test our love for God? And how do we test our love for our fellow man? Exodus chapter 20, verse 17 says this, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. It's interesting, this this commandment, this is the last commandment of the ten that are given. Do you know that you break that commandment every time you break one of the other ones? This commandment is the internal commandment when it comes to our relationships with others. And actually, coveting, we break that. Anytime we break another commandment, we're breaking covenant, or coveting commandment. To covet is, to, is the internal issue. Uh, the word covet is kamad, and it, and it means this, in a bad sense of inordinate, ungoverned, selfish desire, okay? So that's, that's what the, the scripture means when we covet. It's an, I want what I want, and if it hurts you, I don't care, which is really the opposite of love, right? We're not looking out for the best interest of others. We're looking for the, out for the best interest of ourselves. I want what I want. I don't care if it hurts you. The other thing is take pleasure in of idolatrous tendency. Well, I'm going to suggest something to you, and I don't know if, if you've ever heard this before or if this will, will sit with you or not, but we can covet against God. We can, we can covet against God because idolatrous tendency, in other words, I know you're God, but I want what I want. I know I'm supposed to love you with all my heart, but I love me pretty much too, so you're trying to do things in my life I don't want you to do, so we actually covet against God. So you understand that the first four commandments that have to do with our relationship with God 
when we don't walk in accordance to those, we're not really walking in love. We're not really loving God. We're saying, and what was the whole problem with man in the first place? Rebellion against God and his rightful place in our... Well, I know you're kind of looking at me like, oh, okay. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. Paul is saying here that he followed lists. The Jewish leaders, religious leaders, are really good at lists. That was their tradition. They followed all kinds of things. And he said, you know what? When it came to the law, following the law, I was blameless until I read that I wasn't supposed to covet. Why? Because that was the internal aspect to all that. And he realized, somewhere along the line, he realized that that's where he fell short. And so as long as we compare ourselves to others or if we have an artificial kind of a context for judging spirituality, uh, we can look okay. But when it comes to this whole concept of coveting, there's a problem. Coveting is the negative side of the positive command to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The negative side of it. Um, I, know, I know we don't ordinarily hear that. We don't hear that. Probably some of you may have never heard this before. but um, And it sounds kind of weird like I'm jealous of God. But coveting has to do with I want what you want. You're God. You have control of my life. I want control of my life. And so we want to displace him. Now, we don't go through that rationalization. We don't actually say that because we would recognize right away that that's not a good thing to do, right? I mean, we would recognize that. But we fool ourselves into thinking, I know what I want, and it's not happening, and I'm praying, and so I start to develop this kind of attitude. Now, listen, desire and coveting are two different things, okay? Desire... There are good desires, there are many good desires. Paul tells us to desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy. So there's nothing wrong with desire, but it's when it, when it goes too far, when it gets out of balance, when it moves, crosses a line. And we want to be able to, to, to find that line. Um, so here's, here's the question. <laughs> are you ready? I want to know <laughs> if I'm covenanting against God. We need to love him enough to be content. That's it. Now, I'm not saying satisfied. Listen, that doesn't mean that, okay, I'm good and we're, we're, let's just relax. There are many things that God wants us to desire and to press on, on into. But to be content to say, this is where you've placed me, okay. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to celebrate because I know that you're at work in my life. And so the contentment really has to do with being thankful. Can we give thanks? See, when I lack contentment, I've forgotten, I've forgotten that God is God and I have ceased to be submissive to his will. So as soon as we start to feel this inner turmoil about our situation like, what can I do 
to wrangle my way out of this and, and not being thankful to God for where he has you and for the things that he's doing in your life. See, somebody, now, now here, this is it. I mean, this, understand, bottom line, I, I've said this many times. <laughs> the Christian life is not hard and it's not complicated, it's simple, but it's not easy. The principles and the concepts that God gives us to walk by are not difficult to understand. They're hard to walk out because we have this old human nature that keeps rising up, wants to take over, this pride that wants to assert itself, this self that wants to be in control. And so when we lack thankfulness toward God, we're not being content. We're actually coveting against him. It's like, God, you don't know what you're doing. Now, we don't verbalize that. But really, that's the, that's the intent, the motive of our heart. And so that becomes a real challenge for all of us. Look, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says this, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So he gives this whole like negative list. Of all that stuff, he says, don't be involved in that, but here. <laughs> you know what? We don't, have to we don't have to memorize that whole list to try to avoid that stuff. Right? Like, I don't think that, I, I wouldn't suggest that you do that. I'm going to memorize this list of bad things and just repeat it to myself every day several times so I know I'm not supposed to do that stuff. None of that, just give thanks. How easy is that? Right? How easy is that? Well, it's, <laughs> it's easy until bad stuff happens, right? That's the, when the testing comes. And see, that becomes, it's those times that, where we get the challenge there that we understand how deep or strong our love is for God. Okay? Right? That's it. Right there. Ephesians 5.20 says this, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful verse, giving thanks always for all things. Do you see how high the bar is? You see, uh, sometimes I wonder if, if people in Christian circles at times, I don't. I don't know. I'm, this is just maybe a guess. Maybe, it's, maybe I'm just thinking the way I do sometimes. They look at that and go, that's impossible, so I'm just going to form my own list that's easier to, to keep track of myself. You know, if I just do this, 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 this. But you understand Christianity is lived from the inside out, not from the outside in. So if we can get the inside right, what flows out of us won't be as difficult. So if we get love for God correct, if we get that in place, if we, if we focus on loving him and understanding what that means and allowing him to bring the challenges our way that he wants to bring our way, allowing him to bring those so that we can see where we are. And God will never expose in you a place where you lack love for him unless he's ready to help you overcome that. 
He doesn't expose it to make you feel guilty. Okay? He doesn't, he doesn't show you areas of weakness so you'll feel bad about yourself. He knows and understands that you're, a pl- you're at a place where he can help you deal with it now. So let's just take a look at it. So he brings that really strange, weird person into your life that just really gets under your fingernails or whatever gets under your skin. And you're trying to come to terms with all those things. Romans 8, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together. Again, once again, all things, all things, all things. All things. You know what that includes? All things. Everything. And I'm not, you know, I... We've been through tough stuff, haven't we? We've been through tough things. And the tougher the things that we go through, the more our faith and love for God is tested, isn't it? Now, God knows how strong our love is for him. He knows. He doesn't need to test it for his sake. <laughs> you understand that? He doesn't have to test it because he, because he, you know, like, I wonder how much they love me. Let's see. <laughs> Give him a bad hand. That doesn't. He knows what will work in us to bring about and produce the best in us and help us to see where we really are. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Another way of saying that is do not be overcome by care in anything. What? Do you hear that? If that verse doesn't bother you a little bit, then you're asleep. Right? Hello? Be anxious for nothing. Wow. And that becomes a a gauge of our love for God. What kind of reaction is elicited in you when things happen that are negative? And I'm, I'm not saying that you don't recover and get back on track you know sometimes things hit us and it's just it just really shakes us um, but that becomes the test colossians 2 7 rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving colossians three fifteen, and let the peace of god rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue earnestly in prayer. Pray, 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 pray. Be in relationship with the Father. Pray, pray. <laughs> Be vigilant in, in your prayer with thanksgiving. Are you getting the point? You see, it's not a, it's not a difficult concept to understand. God, God I, he really does make things easy. Simple to understand. At times, difficult for us to walk through, but be thankful. Be thankful. How often do you thank the Lord throughout the day? Does thanksgiving come off your lips? That's why we encourage people to be praisers, worshipers all the time. So thanksgiving comes off your lips. Something negative happens. Praise the Lord. What happens when you praise the Lord when something bad happens? You open up the door for the Holy Spirit to work in that situation. What happens when you turn your back on the Lord, when you get angry, when you covet against God? You're saying, I don't like what you're doing here in this situation. You're closing the door on him and his access to the situation that you've opened up. So being thankful is a key. First Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And everything... And then verse 19, quench not the spirit. How do you quench your spirit? By not being thankful. Romans 1.21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. What happens when we don't walk in thankfulness? Our hearts get dark. And then we start to see things from a very skewed perspective. So the beginning of man's rebellion against God was the lack of a thankful heart. And it is a... It, when, we, when we lack... Or fail to be thankful, it is a, a deliberate move of um, defiance, the creature before the creator. We're saying, no, this is, this is my gig, not yours. And we say that we live in a personal, a personal universe because of a personal God who created the universe. We, we say that we believe that, that God wants to be in relationship and fellowship with us. But we begin to move into a place of unthankfulness. We begin to deny the very things that we say we believe. Do you understand that we come into contradiction with, our, with what we say we believe about God? It's just, it's just, it's just huge huge we also have the realization that it's a supernatural universe and there are there are um, there are two aspects to the supernatural realm and it's the good and the evil there's the kingdom of god and the kingdom of satan they're not co-equal certainly the kingdom of god is is by far greater but when we lack 
thankfulness, what we're saying is, God, I don't really appreciate where you put me in the battle. Does he know where we should be? Does he know where we should be engaging? Does does he see, is there something in his grand design so that when he has a, a, a purpose, a function to accomplish, he takes his soldiers and he puts them in strategic places, in strategic situations, and what happens when that soldier is placed in that particular place and they rebel against the commander in chief instead of carrying out their mission to be thankful? You know what I'm saying? And so we deny him by our thoughts. So when we go our own way, we're coveting against God. We're failing in the area of love. And so what happens if if contentment goes then thankfulness goes. Then we're out of fellowship with the Lord. And we're failing in that whole issue of loving God. And so, here, here's the funny thing about all this too. Um, not funny, just Interesting. God's interested in the internal. He's interested in our hearts. He knows that if he gets our hearts that everything else will flow from that. What happens is that we end up we end up following the law not from the outside in but from the inside out. We end up loving people because it flows from within our hearts. We don't have to be told what's right and what's wrong. What did the, the Old Testament scripture say? The day is coming, God says, when I will write my laws on their hearts. <laughs> okay? And that's what he desires for us to live from the inside out and loving God. So the question is, and now, the question is, how are you doing with contentment? How are you doing with thankfulness? And if there's any, what's the solution? <laughs> Just say thank you. Confession is always a good place to start. Lord, I realize that I've been battling you. Boy, is that a, a futile kind of endeavor. You know, wrestle with him about what's going on and tell him what you think he ought to be doing. I mean, there's, there's place for wrestling and prayer. There's things for approaching God and grabbing hold of the horns of the altar and just crying out to him. But there needs to come that place where we come before him. Because authentic spirituality, authentic Christianity is recognizing who he is, coming before him and loving him. And it's evidenced by our ability to say thank you in all things.
And so, you, how many of you are ready to go back to lists? <laughs> God's grace is always available to us when we see, maybe we see a lack, maybe we understand, maybe there's some things that have been bothering us, troubling us, there have been some things that that we've been wrestling with, with God and we've allowed thoughts to come in and we can sense that darkness coming in and we have just been, in a sense, battling and we need to just let it go. Just tell them that. Lord, I've, I've been messing up. I don't love you the way that I should. I've tried to take you off the throne of my heart. I've tried to follow my own way, demanded my own way. I've gotten cranky. I've gotten, ever get cranky? There's no better place to be than in right relationship with the God who created us, who loves us, loving him. There's no better place to be. Sometimes we think we know better and where we, where we want to go would be much better than where we are. But there's no better place. And he wants us to be there. So just take a minute. Just take a... Holy Spirit, come and just examine us Look at us. Help us to see ourselves. Help us to see if there's places in our hearts where we have tried to take you off the throne and put ourselves there. Some place where we've not been thankful. Something about our lives that we've been struggling with and, and not able to say thank you. Not, not content. Wishing you had put us, placed us somewhere else in the battle. In different circumstances or, or whatever. Would you just show us that right now? And we thank you for your grace. To see that changed and transformed. To see the softness, the freshness, the life of the Holy Spirit come in. And, and soften those hard areas where we can submit to the one who created us. We can place ourselves in your hands and allow you to be God again. Would you impart to us right now a fresh love for you, a brand new trust in your plans and in your purposes to be totally given over to you, your ways, your purposes, to serve in the battle, to serve in the army, wherever you choose to place us, in whatever circumstances you choose to place us. Because we know that the plans you have for us are good. And so we come. And we humble ourselves before you.
there's any place where you need to do business with God, just do business with God. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you that, that uh, you really do want the best for us. And I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I thank you that you've given us the opportunity to bring you joy by responding to you, responding to your spirit, And walking with you in the kind of relationship that is sweet fellowship both ways. <laughs> so bless us, bless us, bless us with a greater, deeper love for you. Love that passes understanding. In Jesus' name. You know, this is the kind of thing we should uh, encourage each other in. You know, there's, there's some of these things that we just need to remind each other Hey, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Just we need to be thanking the Lord all the time. Thank the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Just to be reminding each other, one another, ourselves, to, to be thankful, to be thankful, to be thankful. It is contrary to the culture that we live in. Completely contrary. But God wants to imbue us and fill us with his spirit power. And so that's just a simple test. I hope this has been helpful for you this morning to just consider as we talk about what real Christianity is. With all the noise that's going on, God has a way to speak.